This is a HeadGum Podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, halflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Jeremy Cobb, but Matthew Mercer calls me Jeremy Gungator Cobb. Yeah! Yes! Gungator! <laughs> Gungator. <laughs> With those uh, opposable thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some kind of a uh, thumb appliance that like it yeah, attaches to its arm of, to hold the yeah. gun in place. And oddly ripped old man yes, muscles. <laughs> uncomfortably ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. It's not it's not even old it's not even like Master Roshi ripped. It's no, like No, you're like Trogdor. That right? Like the burninating dragon. Do you know what I'm talking you don't know what I'm talking no. about? No, I've not heard of this one before. What's this? What's this one? We're gonna look this up. No, this please is, tell us okay. more. Strong bad. Do you know what oh, Strong Bad or Homestar Runner is? No. Oh yeah. So this oh, is that's exactly okay. yes. I was addicted to Homestar Runner and Trogdor is yeah. Strong Bad's drawing of a dragon that starts with an S and he has one beefy arm. And yes. it, it yeah. looks it, it looks really bad and stupid, but it's uh it's burned into my memory. And I, that's that's it. He's got one beefy arm off to the side. Yeah. That's, yeah. This is incredible. I, I love the like the the fan art that's followed of like like a more realistic version of yeah. the arm. This is yes, incredible. it's like the um the Badoof or no no the uh not Badoof the um the worm Bunny diglet. Doug, oh, dig- no, yes, Doug- the, buff, the buff diglet. Yes. Diglet. Yeah. The buff <laughs> diglet. Just like a little head on top of this gigantic bodybuilder Doug- body. And the, yes, and then the Doug trio. It's like three of them together, all like <laughs> in a very posy sexual contact. Yeah. Weirdly <laughs> hot. Uh, yeah, it's weird to be attracted to that, but speaking Pokemon of like, can get real but, sexy. Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of sexy fan art, it took eight images before Google showed me Trogdor with breasts and sexy legs wearing tights. So, <laughs> oh, man. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna drop that into the chat real quick. Oh, man. That's so everyone can enjoy the glory. Uh, as we as we enjoy the glory of this strange uh, Trogdor fan art, uh, I would like to enjoy the glory of our guest today. If you haven't already guessed uh, who our guest today is through hearing their voice, uh, we are joined by the incredible actor, writer, singer, songwriter Amy Vorpal. Welcome to Three Black Halflings. How are you doing today? Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full prince vibe. Woof. <laughs> Makes them even more black. Cake glitches and bitches. Lands in the cusp of a teaspoon. Oh, no. On a nat 20. No. You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it. Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing really great. Um, yeah, thank and thank you for the audience uh, roar. Um, 
over over it's very strange on on zoom and virtual stuff these days to just assume like there's people we're just so attuned to being like it's this person and then the live audience goes yay it's this person i know to clap now and and there's this weird vibe now over zoom and it's like and our guest this person and we all know to pause but we also know it's very like nothing's coming and now, yeah. and now what? And and now what? But we assume that everyone is like, you know, being respectful and, and giving at least a little golf club. But yeah. the, the halfling house band is playing. So. <laughs> yeah, right. There's, there's yeah, some nice. fanfare. Yeah. What would you want your theme <laughs> oh, your music to be? Lord. <laughs> oh, no. oh. oh my oh. gosh. Oh wow. This is uh Trogdorian, the yeah. the femme the femme Trogdor. This is uh, yeah. bonkers. Uh, for, for anyone who uh, wonders why uh, me and Amy just lost our <laughs> shit collectively. We just saw the image, uh, the, this fabled image. Um, that, I mean, her, her, her tatties look like a butt. I'm sorry, they look yeah, like they do. They it's do a with, chest butt because yeah, it's a chest butt. There's nothing right. there. Yeah. It, it implies that like the the scaly skin is actually like a sleeve or something that she's put on over yes. her body, and that her they, real skin is is like the color of the like arm, the, the color of the arm. <laughs> yeah, right. There is a little booty to it though. Yeah, even yeah. still, which is she slightly got, and she got she yeah. got some impressive thighs. She got yeah, some junk. She's, like yeah. she's yeah, thick. This is, She's yeah. tiny feet. Tiny. I don't know how those feet support what else is going on here. The left no. foot seems a little bigger than the right foot. I'll be honest. <laughs> That's true. You're looking at this from a, a the, for, the, left, yeah, the right foot is closer. Right. It should be a lot. It should be smaller yeah. if anything. But it's it's markedly bigger. That's well, probably dear. what's doing most of the heavy lifting there. Is That's the true. That's true. Well, well dear, just like the arm, I guess. Oh, you can see the the little the little guy, uh, the little guy, the little artist's name right in the arch of her very sexy back. I don't, I can't yeah. read it though, because. Um, <laughs> But anyway, to that person, uh, we have a few notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got some feedback, but otherwise, we got to work um, on the feet. I think we got to make the feet a little bigger to make this look yeah. functional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I feel like some uh, some bigger calf action would would you know totally. what I mean? Totally, yeah, go, it's go a long way. It'd go a long yeah. way. I think. Yeah, proportionate yeah. to the hips and thighs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you're right. Yeah, because yeah. it's not you. We do focus on you know ass and thighs these days, but th- mm. look, there's a whole body here that has to there lift mm-hmm. um, this snake-like, uh, beefy, it's a, it, thick it's character. A th- it's a thick. It's a thick character. And then yeah. those wings aren't doing any work. Those wings are. They, she's not They're fine. Purely, so, they got to be no. just for Aesthetic. decoration, right? At yeah. this point, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that can't be doing anything. No, they can't be doing anything. Um, but <laughs> speaking of someone who does do a lot of stuff, uh, Amy Vorpal, we're here to talk a little bit about you today. Um, so so excited. Uh, we were just chatting um, off uh, off mic uh, about our, our our love of all of your work. Yes, uh, I really enjoyed the the the, the um, uh, dungeon run. Uh, little Feywild uh, 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 mini Jaunt. campaign that you did. Yes. It was so good, so excellent. Thank you. And I didn't get a chance to say off you mic, didn't. but yeah. I first saw you in Escape from the Blood Keep, uh, oh, Dimension yes. 20 second yeah. season. Oh, uh, yes. I was an immediate fan where you were, uh, you were playing Ethink. 
That's right. Epic uh, knife spelled backwards. Everyone, yes. everyone's like, that's mm. a brilliant name. That's like so. It's weird and, and cockney, probably. And and I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, it's, mm. yeah, I chose a cockney name, but it's just it's just the evil character trying to be very evil and very clever. Yeah, yeah. genuinely one of my favorite uh, that side quests. That uh, escape from Blackheath yes. is truly top shelf. Like it, everyone in that just smashed. It was amazing. Yeah. So so. Good. It was such. A, I mean, the setup was just perfect because mm. I mean Brennan Lee Mulligan is just one of the m- most intelligent people on the face of this planet so thank god he's mm-hmm. doing both comedy mm-hmm. and Dungeons and Dragons um, but the setup was for those of you who don't know it's the Lord of the Rings um, but from the villain's perspective when the ring gets thrown into uh, Mount Doom because you're like because the villains are the villains would probably be like wait there was this loophole that no one ever told us, but it seemed like Sauron, the head of us, knew, but we didn't know, and now we're just totally screwed. And it, and it's just a really, it's. I've never asked that question of myself. I just always was like, the good guys win. Of course, the ring goes in. Of course, Gollum follows. This is yes, of course, this all happens. But what you know are the else? What happened doing? To the, what happened to the Witch King? Do you know what I mean? What, yeah. Yeah. What's he up to these days? Like right. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, I mean, he was slain, but like. Oh, he, uh, yeah, can't be dropping Eowyn out of there. But yeah, oh, that's like, right. But yeah, it's like because yeah. it's, uh, it's even more so because the, uh, the villains are on the verge of victory. Like even mm, in yes. the original Lord of the Rings, it's a last the the whole like let's bring all the men to the gates of Mordor and draw Sauron out is just like a hail mary, a Not desperate yes. attempt distract. to distract, distract, distract from, them right. uh, from the from Mount Doom. Um, yeah. But this obviously wasn't the uh, this wasn't the beginning, I'm guessing, of your your D and D journey. You've been doing this for a little while, and so one of the questions that we always have uh, on the show for our for our guests is, uh, what was like the, the what was the start of like your TTRPG journey? When did you first <gasps> fall in love with uh, TTRPGs? What was that? Bur- that's a great a great question because it's it's I fell in love with it a little bit later in life than I think a lot of people did. I didn't even know about D and D until. Um, the day I first played it, which was when I was 18. It was my first um, day at college. And my cousin, Laura Beth, had been going to University of Oklahoma. And when I showed up, she brought a friend along to, you know, hang out and introduce um, me to people. And he saw the nine Lord of the Rings posters I had posted in my dorm room. <laughs> and so um, nice. And he knew I was an acting major. And so he just was like, aha, I have, I got the game for you. And, <laughs> and, and that was it. I either played that night or the, the night after I really can't remember. And he brought me in and it was like, I was immediately hooked and it was such a good, uh, we, we started with 3.5 and I played, mm-hmm. um, a rogue, a halfling rogue named Nefarial Benedin. And I immediately started doing some weird, you know, New York accent and everyone. <laughs> and, and there was an uh, it was a dungeon master, his girlfriend, Nathan and me. And we we were the core. And then we just added people here and there as as the next three years went on. But we were pretty deep in uh, immediately. And in college, you know, you can just kind of 
spend as much time <laughs> as mm. you want and nights mm-hmm. don't matter and oh, yeah. it was just lovely so that's I'm how so I fell endlessly, in love I'm so endlessly jealous of people who got into this uh, like at that a- age like yes. I wasn't and like mm-hmm. I was just into like sports and stuff which was fine <laughs> it was fun and stuff but like it, like I wish I could have spent those hours that I spent like stayed up playing sports games or whatever with my friends playing d d it would have been so much better <laughs> there was one there was one summer we we just we were all RAs which just meant that we were giving uh we were managing who had keys when kids camps came in to use the dorm rooms and that meant that we just had time on our hands and so we'd play in the office during the day then we'd go and play the the playstation i think it was ps2 version of dungeon the dragons at night and then on the weekends we would just i mean it was probably 12 hour days and it it was probably like noon God, no, it would, it would have been like noon to 3 a.m., noon to 3 a.m. Like, we just oh, go so nuts. No. I know. That's it amazing. Was, it was awesome. That's so, it sounds so amazing, but I just know I would not have the stamina for that now. <laughs> like, <which laughs> no, is so no. Sad. no, I'd no, be no, like, no, no, no. I got to tap out at like 10, guys. I need to get yes. <laughs> I'm wondering at what point did the DM stop planning? Because you can't yeah, plan you for an yeah, every day. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you can't plan for an every day. What would that be? Uh, 15 hours. Our session? Oh yeah. gosh, that's impossible. I know, and I was the scribe. I found I found some notes um, from that time, and I was writing everything down. And I don't think I think he wasn't. And I don't know. I it was so it was just so cool. But yeah, his name was Kyle, and he was he was my first dungeon master. He was amazing. Well, Shout out to you, Kyle. Like, 15-hour yeah. sessions is no joke. So, yeah. well I guess I guess the only way you could even remotely approach that is if you had, like, a small, like, maybe not, like, the whole world wasn't accessible and you just created a sandbox. Like, that, that's the only way I can imagine even vague I mean I even then you're not planning what's happening mm-hmm. but you're just kind of you know the parameters at least of like yeah. the, do you know what I mean that's the only way you couldn't plan story beats at 15 no. hours there's no way there's no way oh oh this is a small digression that I have <laughs> to throw out there have you have either of you heard about the dude who's been running a D&D game the same game for over 30 years I, I think I read an article or someone told me about that but I don't know who who he is I don't that, remember his name yeah. But it, it, it's it's he routinely first of all it's the same D, I think he said it's he hasn't gone longer than three weeks without playing that entire wow. span and he he hasn't I uh, I don't I don't know if it's been decades but I think it might have been may have been decades since he actually planned a session because oh. all he does he just knows the world so well all mm. he does is improv improvise wow. the whole time that I is mean, if you've so done it for impressive 30 years you do you would know that thing like the back of your hand you would like, know the world but would you know like i i would think the thing that you're that you get tripped up on are like the where the bad guys are in their planning for whatever right like mm-hmm. you that would be really i guess I mean, you could guess, just kind of make that choice when if you, you start if the you're session. making notes Right. Yeah. Like if you're making notes as you're going along, then all you have to do is probably refer back to a notes of a previous session to be like, oh, this is where like, you know, the bad guy yeah. was headed or this is what they were up yeah. to or 
That um, sounds so hard. I bet I bet Matthew Mercer or Brendan Lee Mulligan would be up to the challenge. I that would not be I'm that would be so <laughs> I will hard. fully I will fully cop to the fact that I think most some of my better sessions have been ones where I've like nearly completely improvised purely mm-hmm. because I have this group which I always refer to on this show called the Chaos Group who do <laughs> just the most wild things that you That's could awesome. like inconceivable inconceivably <laughs> wild mm-hmm. things. Like on the the last session we played, we haven't played for a little while. Um, the last session we played, they managed to do the one thing they knew they needed to not do, which was give uh, the Grimoire Infinitus to an Archmage, who was definitely bad. And then they crashed a skyship into his lab to try and stop him from getting away. <laughs> oh, like, my god! Like, the gosh. whole damn skyship just, like, in a city. And I was like, what? So they basically, <laughs> they, what? Wait, a skyship onto a city just to yeah. get one mage? Yeah. Oh, no. That's terrorism. That's, it's awful. Yeah, that's it's, actually it's, terrorism. It's, it's, it's mass murder. It's real bad. This is what I mean. I could never have planned for this. That's, that's yeah. hardcore terrorism. <laughs> I, could, I could never have planned for I will say. I will say it wasn't originally their intention to crash the skyship. Things went really south on the oh, skyship. okay. And then it was like, well, it's going down anyway, so we might as well steer in that direction. Because oh, no. there'll be less casualties than here, and we might get hit. No. <laughs> no, they don't get off making that no, excuse. No, 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 no. We're they absolutely so don't. Hard. We're trying <laughs> so hard to be the good guys. We're making a silver lining out of a bad no, situation. They don't. Trust no. me, I'm fewer people died due to this mistake. They yeah, could yeah, have yeah, died otherwise. <laughs> like they're gonna have to be there like the morning after and see the chaos that they've yes. caused. Do you know what I mean? Uh. Because the, the thing that I'm most angry with them for is like, but they're like, oh, the way they're justifying it is like, oh, we need to stop the evil wizard. I'm like, don't give the evil wizard the book that he needs. Then, like, it's a very simple way out of this just don't do the dumb thing in the first place <laughs> there, there was one time my my the, i ran a, a just a home game this wasn't streamed this is one of the few games that that we played uh, you know uh, consistently without streaming which felt really good but mm. they did they they um they basically took an encounter where it was way above, I think they were level two and they were fighting a shield guardian and that's a CR, I think he's a CR seven, maybe, I think he's CR seven. And mm. it's and it's way too big for them. Like, And the whole part that I was thinking is great. I have an NPC, he will warn them, he'll tell them this is too big, this isn't your fight, run away. They're just supposed to like watch in the background. No, 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 they like wound up and then they figured out that shield guardians are run by the collar around someone's neck so they st- they stole a collar. It was like, no, 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 no. Disengage, disengage. And they, <laughs> they basically by the end of it, they, they were like, yay, we did this thing. And I was like, well, just so you know, I, um, yeah, this... <laughs> that wasn't how this was supposed to go at all. And they were like, Amy, the reason we did it was the look on your face the entire time. Mm, wow. <laughs> because wow. I must have yeah. been going, no, 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 oh. no. They were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, just, just like really bad older sisters, I guess, is how mm. I would describe oh, them. No. <laughs> it definitely is a beat where, like, you, you, as a player, you go like, oh, I can see... I can see how like not planned this is right now. I, I'm like, yes. and then you're like, do I, 
do I twist the knife? Do I like? Do I go a little? The answer must on always this? be yes. Yeah, the <laughs> yes. answer is always yes. The answer is totally. absolutely always yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I was, I was gonna it. say. I was gonna say one uh, as a proud dropout subscriber. I mm-hmm. am well aware of how difficult a uh, uh, time you have keeping a straight face. Yeah. Uh, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? I I can just say words and be in character and uh, commit (laughs) and not bail. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I guess for for context, should we say for context, uh, uh, go check out Dropout if you haven't. But they have a show called uh, Breaking News where uh, people will have to read as like they'll dress up like news anchors and then have to read news items that no one has ever like they're intended to be completely ridiculous and none of them have ever seen them before and they're trying to stop from laughing or smiling and then you know the person who laughs or smiles the most uh loses and are you undefeated are you well completely defeated no I guess what I- <laughs> I, you know i think ali ali won slash lost one um okay uh, I think I've I think I've not lost twice, and I don't know how many I've done. Probably probably around a dozen, maybe fifteen, something like that. So, but yeah, thirteen yeah. out of fifteen losing is is not the best uh, streak. <laughs> like there are there are four other people, no three what yeah three other people that I don't have to lose to. But yeah, it's it's become a thing. If you don't even have dropout and you just want to see this in action, um, look up breaking news. Uh, Tornado Jail was the first yes. one. Oh, that was where you face, set the all-time right? record. Uh, yeah, that was the yes, face. That was the that face. Was the yes. face. It was when the face. Like, it was the beginning. Face, which stops yeah. me from laughing. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't... Here, here's where I'll give some credit. I don't know that that, that bit... Because I did. I planned a face, but I... <laughs> that is supposedly going to help me not laugh because it, like, is the most drawn face. So, like, laughing, you think of your corners of your mouth going up. And, like, I, I, I thought I'll prevent my, the corners of my laugh from going up by drawing them down. Uh, and it had worked in different places where, like, yeah, I was doing sketch comedy and I had to make an entrance. So I would, like, you know, draw my face right before I went on so that I wouldn't laugh because I know I have this problem. And it just it just didn't work. I, I kept trying it. I kept trying I it. Because everyone else found the face funny. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of just started a bit well, of a vicious cycle. That's like, I, uh, what I meant to say and where I want to give credit is to Brennan Lee Mulligan, Mike and Mike Trapp and Erica Ishii because they're, they're both, they're all three on the same episode. And just the realization of what I'm doing is like, <laughs> I thought I was being real secretive and then I call it out and then they call it out. And it's like, they're all straight manning me. And I don't know that it would have been as funny without the like conversation about what yeah. I actually was trying to do. <laughs> and they they just all three had like good input on this isn't this isn't logically sound, Amy. <laughs> Your face isn't isn't helping. It's the face itself is hilarious. <laughs> no. Just just no. I, just I stop. have an idea. Oh, would you get close to us doing a screenshot of all three of us doing the face? Yes. <laughs> I'm recording the screen right now, so we will have okay. this. We will okay, have cool. This. So <laughs> okay. on the count of three, we all do our best no laugh face. Okay. <laughs> are we doing, wait, wait, are we doing specifically Amy's no laugh face? Oh. Amy's no laugh doing, face. Uh, gotta, or are we doing like, okay, yeah, yeah okay. I feel like we got to do that because I don't have a no Could, laugh face. 
Uh, uh, I, did, I, yeah. I don't have that technology. Jeremy just doesn't developed. laugh. So, uh, <laughs> right. um, okay. Can you give us a little sneak preview just so I can make sure I've... Okay, yeah, okay, I thought so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot of underbite. <laughs> and then just go okay. down. Just make your face go down. <laughs> okay, the whole face down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. All right, three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, oh, my goodness. That is, how, how? <laughs> yeah, it, like, doesn't work I mean, because uh, it doesn't prevent fucking anything. Like, this isn't stopping anything. We're, it just uh, makes my jaw hurt trying to stop myself yeah. from laughing. <laughs> totally. Oh, um, just, oh. That really reminds me. I don't even know if we've mentioned this on the show before. We might have done, but me and Jeremy, we met doing a show together, and mm-hmm. we had <laughs> We a, have mentioned this, but please bring it up oh, again, because it's great every time. <laughs> <laughs> and there was basically one... Uh, I am I am terrible. I like I will never be on Breaking News. It would be a... Compl- I would probably lose to you. Honestly, <gasps> I would probably lose to you. Then I they gen- gotta get you I, on. I'm genuinely yeah. serious. I'm genuinely serious. I am so bad with corpsing. Like, it's really, really bad. <laughs> oh. um, like, I have like st- strategies in my mind. Like I was doing, I did, a, I did a war show, and it, like the most realistic thing you could possibly imagine. And I cracked way too many times as like my friends were dying around me in this show, and horses were dying, and it was horrendous. I still laughed. It was terrible. Anyway, me and Jeremy met on this show. And we hadn't had any issues, right, Jeremy? Before this point, we hadn't had nope, any issues whatsoever. Not a whatsoever. single one. And then for some reason... So Jeremy has to do a French accent in this show. Oh. Yes, I worked on it very hard. Very hard. Ooh. Very hard. Uh, and, and for some reason, we got to this tech rehearsal. And you know what tech rehearsals... Probably, I'm yes. assuming you've done tech rehearsals of some description before. Yeah, so it's this is like, live theatre. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. gotcha. So it's like, this was like a, the end of a very long day. It was yes. like in the evening by this point. Mm-hmm. And we'd gone over this same scene like a good few times. It was like a big transition moment okay. where... Um, uh, my and a big uh, my emotional scene. A big, a emo- big very emotional. One of the emotional. One of the well, emotional, the emotional scene. I would say, like it's the it's the Arguably, yeah, the emotional scene. climax of the whole dang play. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, yeah. And I, I have my back to the audience, <laughs> and Jeremy is center stage, <laughs> and for some he goes, he just looks at me and goes, <laughs> he just goes, you know, if you can feed him. You- you can take him. And he has that little break in his voice where he tries to stop himself from laughing for no reason. Like, and I just fucking go. I'm like... <laughs> like, it's really bad. I'm, I'm now, like, on the edge. And, I, and we kind of get away with it because the lights dim on Jeremy as he immediately breaks. And, like, music kicks in and stuff. But then they're like, okay, can we go that again? And we were like, okay, like, okay. <laughs> and as soon as we locked eyes, it was like, oh no, oh no. And we oh had to no. do it like several times. Uh, we it was like a good six, God. seven times. Six to or get seven that. times yeah. more. And it was every time, it got to the point where at the end, they would like, do you know, I just need a minute. We were like, no, 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 it's fine. And Jeremy was literally going, if you can feed me, then you can take him. And my shoulders are just. You planned your French accent, but not the crying man French accent. Crying accent, it sounds different. 
ikke i dem. I remember what was funny is that we got to like opening night and I remember all I could think of in the lead up to the scene. Bear in mind, I was like, in like rehearsals, I'd been like, I think I'm probably going to like, you know, like the, this is a very emotional scene. I've been like crying in rehearsals during this scene. I'm like ready. Like, you know, it was a really big moment for me and my character. And opening night, all I could think about was just do not fucking laugh. <laughs> do not laugh when Jeremy says, if you can feed him, you can take him. And I just want to highlight, if Jasper laughed, nobody would have known except yeah, no me. Yeah. Because he was yeah. facing me. His back was to the audience. But now oh. I'm looking at a laughing man. So I was, I was, I was laughing. I didn't hold it. Because I had to get it out. I had to yeah. get it out because then I had to turn around and do this big emotional scene. So I had to just get it out. If I held on to it, I'd have been right. gone. So like, I think there was a couple shows where I was like, a smile was starting uh, to creep across my face. Uh, and Jeremy was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I eventually stopped looking at Jasper and just looked <laughs> yeah, kind of past him. Past me. Oh my gosh. I... We, when we did sketch comedy, we were doing one a brand new sketch show every Sunday, and I we had one guy in the group named Jimmy, and he got God to the point it, where Jimmy. he he couldn't like not break at some points, and and there was one show where he was just feeling silly, and he would look above your forehead, mm. um, which like. The, the whole time we were like, Jimmy, you can't do that because that's making us laugh because you yeah. look you look yeah. insane. Like you're just mm. constantly like above. Yeah. <laughs> and and we would and we would be like, what is this person doing? And then I went back. I went back to the back of the audience to see, like, can people tell that he's not looking people in the eyes? And the answer is yes. Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, oh. It, it, he got so exaggerated. He would get he would get this face that was like this. <laughs> like, like, kind of like a kissy pursed lips, which is like, lip, yeah. yeah, like the ten percent version of my face, <laughs> like trying to just control is your that mouth. Where you got so- it from? Like, maybe this- honestly just the thought that like oh maybe if I control my mouth everything else will fall into place <laughs> it uh, worked for Jimmy <laughs> yeah it did work for Jimmy but the audience was not confused by what was happening it was like this person is not looking people in the eyes and uh, like making a kissy face it's he's trying not to laugh <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing have you ever heard of I don't know if you have it over in America there's a thing called shit faced Shakespeare over here um, mm-hmm. oh, is, I know oh, of it but yeah, it's, yeah, it is it's good. comedy gold. It basically, what happens is they do a Shakespeare play, they rehearse it like a full legit Shakespeare play, like a very dead serious Shakespeare play. But then this, the premise is, is that every night one random person gets really pissed. And it is absolutely because <laughs> everyone tries to do it like as earnestly as possible. But, like, for some of them, like, they all just sit around the edge of the stage and, like, come on and stuff. And, like, honestly, I went, I went to see one where Juliet just straight forgot to come on for, like, the death scene, for, like, a big death scene. And she was just sat on the side of the stage just blinking around at everyone, like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like... What's everyone doing? And people just looking at her like, please go on stage. And everyone in the audience was absolutely, absolutely. I think eventually Romeo came on and was just like, I can't live without her. And just like killed himself. And then she was like, oh my God. And like ran on. It was, oh, I want to say it was so funny. It was so funny. I love that gimmick. But oh my I, God. I, but I was actually thinking to bring this back to D&D, I was genuinely thinking yeah. this would be a fucking hilarious way to play a like a campaign like do like a 10 episode run where like someone as long as it's not the DM I feel like if the DM gets drunk <laughs> all the wheels come off 
you know? Right. Yes. Yeah. I. You would have to. You would have to get some pretty. Look, there would have to be some parameters because yes. it would be very easily, if someone was just like blacked out and not participating at all, <laughs> which sounds like a, a possibility in the Juliet case, that would be just like, well, I guess uh, I guess we lost this person. Yeah. Uh, so they would have to be like, you have to be shit-faced and you have to say things. You know, honestly, yeah. I think it yeah. should be the DM because I think the strength of the, of the Shakespeare thing mm. is that there's a, prescri- like there's oh, a script yeah, that you're all sure. trying right. to follow. Sure. And, and I think the idea of the of the DM actually having a session oh plan they're now trying to run and the whole party is trying to keep them on oh is now trying gosh. to keep the DM on track. Could that is I, so funny. I volunteer as tribute. I will happily do it. My, my games are so wild and chaotic as it is. I have no fucking idea how that would go down. It would be ludicrous. <laughs> that would be awesome, Jasper. And it's a serious campaign with yeah, serious yeah, 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 yeah. moments. Absolutely. Very, very, 100%. Like the most oh, serious he, three black halflings will ever get playing D and D. Your campaign is called Chaos. What? Oh, the, oh, just my Chaos Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah chaos yeah, Group. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a home game that he runs. Oh, it's a home yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah. okay, yeah. I was gonna say it could be like if uh, did you ha- do you stream it or record it at all? No, not that one. Oh, we don't. Yeah. We do have. Oh, okay. We do have an actual play. Uh, we do have a couple yeah. of actual play uh, things, which actually will be out. Will right it now. just premiere? Uh, Shitface Outlaws and Obelisks would be oh absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of dramatic, hilarious. that is <laughs> the most dramatic. Very that dramatic. season goes from like really, really silly to super dramatic, oh, uh, super dramatic at various yeah. points. And yeah. the, some of those, had I been drunk uh, <laughs> during some of those sections, <laughs> trying to DM this. Oh my word. I would I'd make a reference, but I can't. Are you the DM, Jeremy? Yeah, I DM it. Oh, okay. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) It is a mess. It is. Uh, It's it's a mess in quality, but it would be way more of a mess in terms of if I was drunk. Like, it would would be a problem. It would be a very very (laughs) big problem. It would be a problem. Um, but we should absolutely try and get this back on track and talk more about you, Amy. Yes. Because uh, that's, that's why you're here, and, and it would be a shame not to talk about you. Um, oh, my God. I love uh, the stories, though. So many good stories. Um, <laughs> yes. I, went, I think we can kind of keep it in the same sphere, though, which is that I think there is something very interesting. And we do we ask a lot of people who are kind of in the community, uh, just because I think it's an interesting point. Like, for you, how is that kind of having turned a hobby into, you know, like a career, into like running games when you're you've got an audience, maybe not live or maybe in, right. actually in some cases live, but not like in the room or all that kind of thing? Yeah, I, ooh, that's a lot of, lot of stuff to unpack there. But I would say I, first of all, my first, I don't know. Yeah, my first, my first DM experience was on camera. So I never, right. I never got my wow. feet wet, that like at a convention or playing with strangers. It was, it was kind of by necessity. We were making the first time I ever really DM'd, it was called D&D for the AARPG, which is uh, basically just D&D for seniors. And Whoa. we were trying to make, yeah, we were trying to make this segment and make it cool and hip and like show that everyone can play, obviously, but also them being seniors, like see how they do. And of course, it's hilarious, but mm-hmm. they didn't have, it was so, the idea came up real quick and then we had to film it really quickly. And basically I was uh, tapped as, as tribute and I was happy to do it, but it was yeah, it was like kind of freaking out. Like, I think I can do this. Um, I don't have a reason why I don't, why I don't 
think I could. So it was, mm-hmm. but it was, yeah, like live on camera. And then it was off to the races. And I don't think I played a game off camera until I played with the the group of women that I, I talked about before. And that was just to, I just wanted some like low stakes <laughs> Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> because yeah, yeah. on camera it does, even though, you know, it's D&D, the stakes are low. I don't know who we're kidding. The stakes are so low, but <laughs> it feels high, you know, when yeah, there's an yeah. audience and entertainment mm. value and, and that kind of thing. So... Uh, I, t- I tend to just to jump on that. I tend to find yeah. for me, it's like I, I ver- I'm very like aware of everything that I've said. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When we play, like that's the big difference. When I'm at like a home game, like I can just say a stupid thing or like I'm like, ah, oh, I kind of regret doing that action, but that's fine. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Whereas like alive, I always feel like oddly like ah, fuck, like I really didn't optimize that or I really didn't do that very well. Do you like that yes. for me feels like the big difference? It's like this weird well, pressure we put on ourselves to like do the perfect moves or be the perfect like DM and get all the yes. rules right. I don't know if you feel the same. Yeah, it's the the rules, but also the the lore. So I, mm. I love improvising lore or like what the world looks like and and having the world react to the players and and that kind of thing. Like I like I'll, I'll plan, but um, but I love coming. Oh well, just because you did this, it would be cool, and then I, I make you know it happen because you're the DM. Your imagination just makes things happen. <laughs> but but then on on live, I I have this idea that every audience member is is clocking everything. So it's mm. like, ah, they uh, whether I improvise it or not, like they're taking that note. And mm. then and then the stress of having to be like, oh, I said it, that's real. Now I need to have a, a, a benefit or a consequence for having that happen. Whereas at the home game, it's like, we could play next session and just be like, oh, I didn't, I don't remember that. Do you guys remember that? Oh, you do? <laughs> what happened there? Oh, okay. Yeah, then that's still viable or whatever like the mm. players i don't know there's just like a little bit less um impor- importance on the i don't the the, the improv or, yeah the details i guess yeah i, the, I, the I, world I don't want to is... say i don't care about them but yeah it's fluid it's like yeah, it's, it's fluid. a little more fluid it's yeah. like yeah like that was i was gonna say like it's floating it feels like everything's ah, just like ah yeah and we're hanging out whereas like in an actual in an in like a, something that's streamed you're setting it into cement uh, yes, <laughs> and it yeah. feels like it feels like one hundred percent of the things are in cement. So I I don't want to say like I don't plan things. I don't I don't like giving consequences. I love all of that stuff. It's just there there can be a lot, and I would mm-hmm. say just naturally I will I will forget about ten to twenty percent of it um, unless I'm like you know razor sharp focused, yeah. uh, which. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why streaming in front of an audience is better because you are you are making yourself More stare aware. and be present yeah. and like mm-hmm. look at mm-hmm. the details and what you're doing. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think there's there's like a good and a bad side to that. I think in the yeah. sense that like I think a lot of like we were saying earlier, like a lot of good comes out of like improvisation and being a bit like more loose and maybe like mm-hmm. your willingness to like bend the world around your players in a home game might be like might be rewarding in some instances which i think it's just it that is just like i think a struggle that you that you have right when you're doing these kinds of like law heavy worlds like we we literally chatted to we chatted to like matt last week and Mm. we've chatted to other dms as well it's just Mm. like you know for some of you know matt's he was like yeah people (laughs) are making wikis you know what i mean like as i'm speaking entries are being made on wikis with exactly what i'm saying and like yeah so i mean his stakes are his stakes are genuinely high (laughs) yeah 
the thing that I have nightmares about, yeah, like yeah. I, I, my fantasy that oh, someone's taking a note and doing this. It's like no, no, no. He's got proof that yes, that that in fact is happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. First, it's almost an aspiration. I feel like you're like right. You know, I kind of yeah. hope somebody's taking yeah. notes on this. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. I hope yeah. someone's critiquing the fact that I just got that little bit of law wrong. That'd be nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Pull me up on my mistake, please. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. Uh, please don't at us with all our mistakes that we've made. <laughs> the last recording session we did for Outlaws and Obelisks, I realized that I had let something happen that rules-wise shouldn't have been allowed to happen. But I was oh. like, you know what? It was cool, and people yeah! are happy. And honestly, I don't think anyone's going to pay enough. And if they do, I'll talk to them about it. They can, do, they can tell me. I'll be like, yeah, you're right. You're Jeremy, right. I love well the barometer being... Is it cool? Are people happy? And I think yes. that just goes for life in yeah. general. Is it cool? And are people happy? So I yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but I think you made the right call. <laughs> Thank it's, you. It's like, it's like our biggest piece of DM advice we always say on this show, which is like, if your players are happy, you are DMing correctly. Like that, yes. that, that is the simplest factor in DMing is like if everyone yes. at the table is having a good time or on the Zoom is having a good time, you're nailing it. Because it's a hard mm-hmm. job to keep everyone happy all the time and everyone engaged and feeling rewarded and whatever so right. like if everyone's happy mm. it's chill like it's yeah. very very chill mm. so yes agreed um would you, would you say that actually amy would you say that you prefer uh dming in a public set- setting or more of a private setting which would you say you prefer um i okay yes back to the that actually ties into what i wanted to say um yeah with uh with jasper's question too is that I, having turned it from a hobby to a career, I've just had to get pretty clear on what, what is work, what feels like work and what feels like play, like what I would demand, demand, what, what I would ask payment for and what I would not ask payment for that kind of thing. So, uh, to, because it is a job now, which is so weird. And I'd like not to say I'm not grateful for it, but there is a, a difference. So mm-hmm. when the main difference for me is if I, um, if I am playing a game with people who are, uh, with people who I have decided, I guess, to play games with, as opposed to someone else casting it, mm-hmm. um, that's a huge one for me because I, I've played with my nephews and I would play with my nephews all day long, um, and never ask for payment. Like to me, that's the experience of being family with someone. And mm. I've also played with, like I said, the, these women at home and never would I think to ask for payment for them. But when, but I, but there are plenty of times when people are like, Amy, will you DM this cast? And in that moment, it's not that I wouldn't consider the players friends. It's that, that didn't naturally like occur to mm. me to just go, Oh, I'd like to DM this day and this night. Uh, mm. I don't know. It's like an ask, I guess. Yeah. Like it wasn't something so, you wanted to do initially. Yeah. It's not yeah. like it just, yeah, mm. I, exactly. Like it wasn't something that, uh, yeah, I don't know how else to say it that na- naturally came to me as a, um, as an idea to do with these specific people. So, 
Um, but it's more of a structured thing as well. It is definitely yeah. more of like a this is a job. This is something that yeah. I do. Like right. I have a process now and like a certain like set of param- like parameters and rules. Right. And, do you know what I mean? Like yes. it's not. It's, it's, I feel like uh, I feel like I've definitely got to a point now where like when I'm planning stuff, like there's a certain like rigor that I apply to it, and like I don't know if I could ever go back to not applying that level of rigor, and therefore right. it's kind of like it then becomes like oh this is actually time consuming, and this is you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So like, it's it, even if it's fun, it's still like it's still and, a lot, yes, right? It's yes. still a lot. And and uh, and not to mention streams um, and doing it live and in public. There is a time limit, and to mm-hmm. cram is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Cram content into a a real story um, that ends. Beginning is fine, middle is normally fine, but then the ending and mm. is is difficult. And then not to mention if there's a break uh, where you're trying to also kind of navigate a halfway point for here's what I'll say. The, the DM's job is to build a playground. That's it. Just make a playground and have the people play on it. The, you can't plan story because the player characters are the main characters. So how do you plan a story Mm. or a plot minus the main characters and what their choices are? You can't, Mm. um, that being said, you're kind of supposed to, I guess, for some of these. Uh, and, and that, so you're, you're trying to push and pull conflict and resolution in a way that takes a, takes so a lot of energy. I, I think at this point, I, I'm proud of myself that I, I think it takes talent as well. And, mm-hmm. but it's difficult. It's never easy. And it always is a little stressful to see if I can actually do it. Thank, thank goodness I have. I normally, you know, especially in public, like play with literal actors, writers, creators who are also trying to do the same thing and they, they get it. They know when mm. the break's coming up. They're, they're in on the storytelling as well. So they can take the helm. But it does feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm the director of this TV show, kind of. Mm. Um, but you're Lauren yeah. Michaels. You're like, you know what? I'm Lauren Michaels, <laughs> and, and y'all can, you know, kiss my everything you do for the next seven years. I own um, <laughs> the first two movies that we made. You're welcome. You, yes. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Three Black Halflings and Amy Vorpal will be the name of the show going forward. So, I wanted actually wanted to say on that subject. I think it's really interesting. The the push and pull between trying to create a, a world for them to play in, but also mm-hmm. try and give a path. And I, I, the, the easiest way that I found has been to, you have a story and like come in with a story in mind and you know mm-hmm. what the, what all the enemies are doing. If right. you know what the bad guys want to do, mm-hmm. then all you need is for the players to number one, want to stop those bad guys. And then number two, have a way of finding out how best to find those bad guys. And so right. like, and so if, and it's not just all, it doesn't have to all be conflict uh, driven, but there, right. cause you, sure it can be like, Oh, this NPC that you really love or this NPC that you really wanted to see is over here. So you're going to try and go to that. But like it, that's one, like the, I would say that's the easiest way is by mm. trying to, is by getting, Giving people basically the easy way to predict what people are going to do is to establish very quickly what everybody wants and then indicate yes. where it is. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. The I, the thing you don't have to plan as a dungeon master is how how this guy, this villain, this woman, this person um, mm. can be stopped. You don't have to plan how to stop them. 
because the mm. players I've I've hypotheticalized that enough times to know they're never going to choose the path like it, it, I'm I'm choose like as the villain I'm like how could this potentially be stopped oh there's this there's this there's this and mm-hmm. then they're like oh mm-hmm. we're just gonna yeah like ram a freaking skyship into the lab how's that <laughs> yeah. and you're like no no but there was like a l- tiny little button that was yeah how much HP silver shops on the way how much HP did this guy have and you're looking like can he regenerate from this right right it's just at this point it's not worth it. They're going to do what they're going to do. And I mean, I guess I don't want to say it's not worth it, but it's it's just not you can't you can't plan how someone's going to stop your bad guy. Right. <laughs> and I think that I think, that, yeah, I would actually say to, to, to that point, uh, I definitely that was definitely a learning curve for me as a DM. I stopped planning for sure. There was a point where I really like, OK, this is the way they could do it. This is the way they could do it. This right. is the way they could do it. And I remember being like, oh, this is actually like a detriment to my game because what I'm doing is I'm getting like halfway through, panicking because the situation looks sketchy and then trying to find a way of like crowbarring them into that like position. And that's just like not, that's nowhere near as fun. Do you know what I mean? Whereas actually like players, you always have to like, players are incredibly resilient. Like they will do shit that you never saw coming in a million years. They don't die very easily. (laughs) Like they'll find a way. (laughs) Trust they will find a way. Some shenanigans. They will look at you and say, can I do this? And then they'll roll on that 20. That's what they'll do. Right. (laughs) I also think they're smarter as a group than I am as a person because there's so many times where I'm like, oh yeah, okay, so you did this, so that means this. And oh, a person comes running up and it's this person. And they're like, it's a gnome? It must be the brother of that guy that we did the thing last session. And I'm like, what? Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yes. As as it turns out, um, everything's related, and I planned it that way. You Mm -hmm. know, and Mm -hmm. they just like they're doing their own math, and it's like your math is better than my math, so Mm. we'll we'll use your math. Yeah, and it's way more satisfying as well. Yes, yes. I I think actually, I think I said this on the show like nearly a year ago, actually, where I just like I had a realization where like that's not cheating. That's just giving players Mm. kind of what they want. Just like if you if if a player has made a really cool like a really fun call. And you go, that's better than what I had. Yeah, okay. Like, that could be the thing now. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. you don't have to tell them. Like, right, uh, no. you know, don't ruin the thing for them and say, ah, I changed it because what you said. But, right. like, in, you're the only one that knows. Keep that yeah. dirty secret to yourself and just be like, yep, that's right. That was a no. Yeah. There are good so spot. many times <laughs> at the end of a game that players will go, what What did we screw up for you? And, and what, uh, like, I'm just, it's like, I'm just like, it's really... It's not worth it. What are you talking about? Everything? Um, I guess you screwed up everything. Um, is that what you wanted to hear? But like, did you have like, I, but I, I didn't write it. I didn't write it to, or write it. I didn't plan this to not be broken. I would rather it break mm. stupendously. Mm. Just break it, please. Mm. Um, that I want to say the, uh, when I, the thing I wrote, for d and I don't know if we were going to talk about this, but I'm bringing this up now. I yeah, wrote uh, an adventure for Candlekeep Mysteries, yeah. and mm-hmm. it, and it takes place in the Candlekeep, and it kind of messes with uh, the lore of Candlekeep just a little, but not not too bad. Just if you want it to happen, it happens. If you don't, it don't. It doesn't. But uh, in the adventure, I I literally put a magic item in there that would pretty much curtail the 
it, it breaks the game. Like the magic item based on what's meant to happen. I, I just don't want to do spoilers, even though it's mm-hmm. been out for a minute, yeah, but yeah. it, the magic item breaks the game. And in the publishing of it, they had taken that magic item out. And I'm like, that's Ooh. so interesting. My, cause when I, when I write an adventure, I, I like go, you know, I go through it and I'm like, okay, this is how I I imagine this working. And then I go through it as a player and going, how can I break the game? What would be cool to have? Mm. And every time I've played the game uh, or that adventure, I'm like, well, screw it. I'm just giving the players this anyway, this magic item anyway, just to see. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe they use it, maybe they don't. But I don't, but I cannot, I don't know what would happen if that happens. I'll probably know in the moment. Mm. And then, and I just want to see. But Mm -hmm. the the publishers took it out. I think because it's like, oh no, I don't, I I can't predict how that would change everything. Mm. So yeah, it's just interesting. I don't yeah. know. I'd rather, I guess I'm just saying I'd rather it be broken. I'd rather everything yeah. break. <laughs> would, you, would you say that that for you is a major difference between pre-written adventures and then something that you would be, because pre-written adventures have to be accessible for a very wide uh, range of, of styles and games and parties and tables and all those different things. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you are running something that right. you're DMing uh, for a specific group of people that you know, it's much easier to be like, hmm, Yes, I know what I can handle as a DM. So yeah. I'm going to put this out there. Whereas I guess from a published perspective, say somebody tries to run this adventure, they're a first time DM and they have some players yes. who are going to jump. They find it and they're like, aha. And the DM's like, no! <laughs> and just slow motion falling off the cliff as yeah, the players totally. are like cackling madly. Someplace. Yeah. Some Hans Gruber um, moment. <laughs> I guess I guess I, I would say the biggest difference between there, there's a huge difference between writing an adventure for for TBD Dungeon Master and then playing one for yourself. First of all, when you're playing for yourself, um, you probably know the care the players, so you can write a little bit more of story. But when you're writing um, for TBD Dungeon Master, uh, what am I? You, yeah, like you said, you, you don't know you don't know the main character, so you can't write plot. All you can do is build a playground and tell them like how the structure is, what the lighting situ- situation is, where the monsters are, what their motivations mm. are. Um, but what it was like for me, it was a big it was a big brain shift because I went from being a being a dungeon master. The world's your oyster, right? It's it's infinite possibilities and improv mm. and and fun, and writing the adventure moved it to finite, I guess, where it's like, this is how the thing is. This is the size of the room. This Mm -hmm. NPC is in this room. This is what they are doing. Um, This is these, here are some magic items that are in this room. This is the amount of gold that would fall from this person. Should you kill him? Like it's very, it's like an Ikea instruction manual. (laughs) And, (laughs) and uh, I, the, the task was to write a mystery, which, um, as a as any storyteller as, as any storyteller's instincts would go you hide the mystery until a good point to reveal the mystery mm. but as a writer you shove everything that could be a mystery at the very beginning because the adventure is for these TBD dungeon masters and you're going, Hey, dungeon master, here is everything you need to know about what the hell is going on because what if a player stumbles upon this thing and and now they mm. know yeah you need to the, the reveal would is 
probably going to happen naturally. But if it doesn't, the dungeon master shouldn't be in the dark and having to flip through 15 pages to find like, oh, wait, 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 wait. That was actually that, a thing. Yeah, That yeah. was actually a thing. Yeah. Remember mm. back, you know, three hours ago when you did this thing, you actually knew this. It's like uh, mm. so so writing it and playing it very different. I also would say when I don't I don't tend to enjoy playing uh, pre-written stuff. But I like using it as jumping off points. So tables, environments, NPCs, I love getting inspiration for that. But again, it's like these are written for uh, everybody, which means they're not written with player, the specific player characters in mind. So to combat that when I play pre-written adventures, which I don't really tend to do, I, I match people and places up and give them meaning to the players like you you guys know this person or um, this uh, I changed the NPC to be someone's yeah mother or the mm-hmm. location isn't this it's this it, it's 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 the location but it's from your hometown and and you're here and and now this location has like picked up from this town and just kind of you know like sim city just slammed down right where it needs to be <laughs> to make it have meaning for the characters yeah. long answer there you go. No, I think that was very thorough. It's time we thank this week's sponsor, Scent Air. Halflings, let me ask you a question. Do any of you suffer from nose blindness, or did you suffer from nose blindness? Because I used to, until my wife uh, introduced me to what you could do with a space if you made it smell, you know, a little bit better. Scent Air has over 30 years of experience scenting homes, stores, event spaces, and beyond. And now you can shop online and scent the mood of your home or business. Scent air diffusers are sleek and fill your space with a vivid and subtle fragrance for up to 300 hours. Just imagine filling your home with the smell of fresh linen. Just imagine filling your home with the smell of fresh linen sheets for 300 hours. The Scent Air app also lets you schedule your fragrance and control the intensity right from your phone. Scent Air is available online in the US, Canada, and now in the UK and France. And now you may be thinking to me, well, maybe do I need this? Do I need this? Let me throw out something for you. Imagine scenting your D&D spaces. You've got a crew coming over and you really want to get them into the mood. So you light your candles, you get your snacks ready, and then what do you do? You fill the room with a gorgeous scent that is so evocative of the world that they're going to be in. Perhaps your party is going to explore a new and incredible marketplace, and so you fill the air with Tuscan orange scent, or even pink grapefruit, or sun shower. Or maybe they're going to a sophisticated party and so you fill the air with a dark vanilla pomelo scent. Or perhaps it's a classic pirate-themed adventure and so you fill the air with an ocean scent. Or island breeze. This year, try luxury home fragrance trusted by pros by going to scentair.com and using the promo code HALFLINGS for 25% off your first order. That's HALFLINGS for 25% off your first order. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I actually, (laughs) following on what you just said about writing, excuse me while I uh, activate my segue 
and just turn on here and take a little ride here. Yay! Uh, speaking of riding, full Jeremy. Amy, yes. just, <laughs> this is a great joke. Amy, you just did a whole lot of writing of some music. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. I did. Yes, I have been writing a bunch of music and. Uh, it's not even finished yet, I will say, um, but it, it will culminate in an album. If I had to put the songs that I have on an album, it would be 10 very good songs. But yeah, like I continue to write music and the album uh, will will be the, the best 10, I guess is what I'll say. Seven mm. of them have been decided. The seven Amazing. of them are, are good mm. to go. Well, I want to ask you definitely because where uh, what's the what's the origin of this in terms of like your love of music and then sort of really tying it to D and D? Yeah, uh, like what 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 made that fusion happen for you? Did you write music before? Uh, I the, yeah, this. Uh, no, I well, okay, so the short, I grew up with Weird Al. I always have to credit. Mm. Weird Al as as the biggest inspiration for my entire music life, mainly because I think I like words better than um, music as far as w- what comes to my mind. Mm. I'm so Does there with you. Sense? I'm so there with you. I was. Uh, yeah. I've always said that mm. I prefer comedy music is my favorite form of music. Like Lonely Island. Uh, yes. Like all of that. Like when I was a kid, I was uh, even now. I just I uh, Tenacious D stuff like that. I just like I always right. love it because it's so rich. Like the actual like the the actual uh, lyrics are so rich and like thought yes. like thought through and like generally usually pretty intelligent as opposed to just like yeah I'm in the club and uh it's just oh, like yeah. it doesn't do anything <laughs> for me at all. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm really with you. Not to mention um, the lyrics versus the music. I don't. I hear lyrics and and the music. I I just don't hear as um, I hear it as the forest, not the trees. So when someone's mm. like that baseline, I'm like, mm, huh? <laughs> what baseline? What are you talking about? And they're like, you don't hear the bassoon, and I'm like. You're going to have to sing the bassoon and ideally sing the bassoon part with lyrics and then I'll hear the bassoon part. <laughs> yeah. So I just don't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I guess I consider myself singer songwriter, not necessarily musician. Definitely not like orchestration. Anyway, that's not what you asked. But <laughs> I grew up with Weird Al, started making my own little parodies, but nothing. It was never going to be like a career choice or whatever. And then but that was pretty early on. God, seven, eight. 10, that kind of age, um, did voice lessons and all of that in, in high school and college, did musicals and plays and was, was singing. Um, but then writing came because saving throw show, uh, came into being as a tutorial show and they were kickstarting and I was part of it. And one of the rewards was you'll have your own song written by, uh, like a bardic tune, for your character or for someone in your life. And that'll be a reward thing. And Tyler of Saving Throw Show had just done a parody called Just Give Me a D6 to to Pink's Just Give Me a Reason. And we had shot a whole music video and I, I sang on it, but like really it was... Yeah, Tyler had written it. So I always assumed, even though I was part of the team of the Kickstarter, that Tyler would write the Bardic songs because he was the songwriter that we had done one musical thing with. But... Yeah. The, then the rewards came out and I, it landed on me and I was like, what? I have to write songs <laughs> and use specifics from whatever. And I was like, this is so daunting. I don't know if I can do it. 
And then, and then I did it. It was probably, I think about 25 songs. And I would just call that my, my boot camp because I was writing, you know, about, about two songs a week. And that's kind of each song takes, you know, well, you're trying to, they basically give you the vibe of the lyrics because they, they had filled out questionnaires and stuff, but it was still, yeah, to shoehorn a whole story of a player's character and then kind of choose a genre and chords. And I mean, they were full on Mm. songs. So that was the boot camp. And then, and then I just kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> it was also <laughs> really fun. And I didn't want to stop. So I started writing songs um, that pertain to our play sessions, which we were playing once every two weeks. And every time I'd come back with a new song. And I had written about another like 25 of those inspired songs and put the 10 of them on an album called Songs in the Key of D&D. And sometimes they were very specific to our campaign, like Tarask versus Catron, like don't try to understand that. And then some of them were very generic, like the DMs don't read lament. It to my lyrics. Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. This is definitely if you know, you know. And, but yeah, if yeah. you don't, no worries. Please don't try to find out. Um, uh, the DMs then, lament, by the way, is so yes. good. If you haven't yeah, checked out the DMs song. lament, everyone, you've got to go and check that out. I think you could just. That's like. Is that on like that's on YouTube? YouTube. Yeah, it's you on, can YouTube. Find it on YouTube. Yeah, that's yeah. on S- yeah. Saving Throws YouTube. If you just search the DMs Lament, you'll see the music video. It's, um, oh, it's brilliant. Mm. It's, I, I, I felt, I, I really felt it. Like I felt it deep inside me. <laughs> I was like, ah, yes, I, yes, these are all correct. These are all that's correct. Ha- half of the comments are like, no, attacks, uh, too real. <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be funny, but I'm crying. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. But this, this new album that I'm, I'm kickstarting is called Behold Her Dreams, and it's basically I that album was so such a hobby and so born out of just fun and love of whatever I was doing. And then this time around, I was like, you know, I just wonder if I could actually do more to pay for it because I paid for it out of pocket. I paid for the other one out of pocket again, out of love and just wanting to do it. Um, but yeah, like I, I didn't promote it. I, I didn't do anything really with it. It's just there. And if people wind up buying it, that's great, but I still haven't gotten all the money back. And so this time around, I was like, I, I don't know if I have another one of those in me basically to just foot the bill for. So I'm doing crowdfunding for this album uh, it's also a way, it's also just an experiment because I've never crowdfunded anything before. So it's it's just an experiment to see if there is even a market for it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention a Kickstarter itself is such a good way, n- not only just to make money, but to promote and like mm-hmm. have have mm-hmm. something to talk about, I guess, uh, when you have art. It's just like, this is an exciting moment for the art, but also for me. It's 23 days where I have an excuse to just <laughs> shove this in your ear holes and your eye holes. And yes. you can't say anything about it because I'm clearly kickstarting something. And it's it's this ex- it's the excuse I need to promote my music, which I, I just unfortunately... I don't. I, I I didn't do for songs in the key of D and D. Maybe it was. I, I'm hiding behind the excuse that it was a hobby, but also probably I was a bit afraid to <laughs> put it out in the world in a big way. You it's know? a scary. It's a scary thing though to do that. Yeah. Like I, I completely understand. Like it's such a personal thing, and if it's something that yes. it's something that you didn't start out knowing you were going to do it in a public way. Like it kind of feels like you didn't in the sense that like you were just making the stuff, and then it kind of just came together in an album. Like that, yes. then it becomes even more personal. It's like a whole different right. thing. 
even if you're creating something intensely per- like personal, but you know it's going to go out into a public forum, that's yeah. one thing. But to like mm-hmm. not right. even with the original intention of it going out to a public forum is it's it's like it's crazy daunting. Um, yeah. And it yeah. comes along with the insecurity of um, like uh, the uh, the story I'll tell is I was at a party with a friend and he's a definitely a singer songwriter. His main thing is music. He was and he was introducing me to someone and they're like, oh, great. Are you a singer songwriter, too? And I go, no. And he just looks at me and is like, OK, well, there's too much going on for that. Um, but I'll just tell you, yes, she is. Like, basically, basically, we're not yeah, just like, OK, this is a different conversation. Um, this sounds like therapy. But I don't I, want. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to give you an out by no, like, throwing just, back yeah. to you here. I'm just going to say, yes, no. she is. And we're going to move on. Yeah, yeah, veto. Because that, that, veto that yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah. Wrong. Right, we don't. Incorrect. Uh, Amy, on. we're at a party. Uh, we, this is someone you don't know. Are we really? You can't lie down on this couch right now (laughs) and I don't have my clipboard (laughs) to take notes. Yes, exactly. So it comes along with that as well, which is like, well, I never went to school for uh, whatever. There's like so much going on with the noun of singer songwriter. So Mm, mm. sometimes you can't see past the noun to the verb of what you've actually done. Mm. Yes. Uh, So... Yeah, yeah, but that, I'm owning it now. I'm owning it now. Good, and I think I, I speak for a lot of people when I say gl- we're glad you are because I'm very excited <laughs> to 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 see this album when it comes out. And I think that yeah. I think you're absolutely right in that. I think crowdfunding is such a great way, not only to, like you said, like to promote and to raise money for mm-hmm. a project, but also it's like you get to bake in an audience of people who are already like already excited for a, for a thing. And like for me, right. like I love Kickstarters, even if I could go and get like a very similar thing, just like right now, I, I really enjoy the process of like donating to a Kickstarter, getting the updates, seeing what's happening with it and knowing that yeah. you're kind of like supporting a creator and like uh, helping them achieve like uh, like something that they've wanted to achieve for a long time like it's a very cool thing i think and then when it yes. finally comes out it uh, or you finally get hold of whatever the, that that thing is it feels like all the more rewarding for me you know you are mm-hmm. you are singing my song yes <laughs> yeah that, that i took a kickstarting I don't, I don't, just class. to clarify i don't actually sing any of amy's songs on the album <laughs> that would be terrible so well it's not finished <laughs> who knows yeah, 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 you, yeah, have, yeah, you have the three black athletes it's a duop yeah. number with yeah. the three of us as your backing singers oh my gosh how about that for a stretch goal oh. Man. We all went to drama school. We all had to do some singing training. Yeah, so, this is true. This is true. Some saying. jazz hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. We could yeah. definitely, yeah, yeah. We could whack those out. Like a midnight train in Georgia sort of deal where uh, we're the pips. Mm. You're Gladys Knight and oh we're the gosh. pips. Can I just tell you? Okay, I just recently, I was at my boyfriend's parents' house and and his dad had played a, the ukulele at, at a time. And so we got out the ukulele and he had his own like kind of karaoke tabs of the songs that they liked to sing mm. um, printed out. And I, so I, we're going through them and the ones I knew I would, I would play and we'd all sing along. We just had a fun little sing along. How wholesome. But <laughs> one of them was Midnight Train to Georgia. And <gasps> you know, you only need to play one chord the entire song. What? No, wait. What? No, I'm lying. It's not Midnight Train to Georgia. It's, um, God damn it. It's Rolling on the River. Oh, oh, um, uh, Proud Mary? Yeah. Yes, Proud by, Mary. Hold by, on. yeah, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Is it? Yeah, it is. Min- it might be Midnight Train to Georgia. Well, because or- I know. 
Jumping in New Orleans. It is. It's Salvador's Proud Mary. I'm so sorry. I heard you said train. I heard steamboat. It's like, yeah, just another form. But you just need to know one chord. You can pick any chord you want. You just play that the whole time. And that's very cool. That's your karaoke. I feel I feel like we just saw the guitar appear briefly on the Zoom. Obviously, the audience didn't get to see it. Now I'm like, oh, I wanted to hear the song. Can you play it? Because okay, so you sent you were kind enough to send us the track "You Found Me," which is like yes, a, is, yes. I listened to. <gasps> oh my gosh! Is, I love the build of that song. It's How so I, good. I, started, I was like, oh, this is sweet, and by the end, I was like, I'm I'm frightened. <laughs> yes, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm attacked. That song that song is born out of just real life um, experience. Not now, but ages ago, there was a time where I felt just so angry that. Um, I'd get hit on or, uh, I, I, people, here's what would happen. I'm hetero and white. And these other hetero white men would be like, do you play D and D? And I'm like, yes. Mm. And they're like, I'm all in. And I just want to tell them, <laughs> Oh my God, like, I, what? Oh, like, no. I, I'm a woman. I have needs. Like it, just because like dozen and dragons doesn't mean we don't have to have the hard conversations. It doesn't mean we like, I, I, I like, I, I, I feel, you know, I, I don't know. I just have like yeah. boundaries and needs and I'm, mm. I'm the whole person and there's exactly. more to me. And just don't you want to know anything else? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, I've already bought a ticket. Here's the ring. Yes. Here's the ring. Yeah. I've booked us oh, wow. a chapel. Uh, let's get this show on the road. But but it, you- yes, exactly. The the lyrics in the song you'll hear it goes, uh, "You found me, you found me, a D and D playing girl. Call your mom and stop looking for the perfect woman because you have found her." And it's like it's just yeah, I'm, it, it's it's born of a bit of rage, uh, but it's it's funny. It's my it's, it's kind it of funny. funny. I, it's very funny. I'm, yeah. It's very exaggerated. What I if you want to hear a song, what yes. I'll play is the chorus for Tornado Jail since y'all are y'all, yes. Y'all are the people uh, that know it. But yeah, it's just going to be real quick. Uh, Excuse me for... I wrote... You know, songwriting's hard because you write the song how you sing it or how you hear it. Mm. And then you realize, oh, I've written some weird chords. Oh, I have written it maybe a bit too high for myself. And so (laughs) singing and playing a song that you've written is different. So I'm I'm just going to strum through this a little. Okay. Tornado jail. Tornado jail. I wonder if he'll ever make tornado bail. LOL. Epic fail. Oh well, tornado jail. Yeah! <laughs> That's great. Oh, that it's just was a ballad, That's awesome. A, a ballad of what I was thinking when I. Uh, because the reason I kept laughing was I imagined an, a tornado being in jail. And you shouldn't you shouldn't do imagery when you're on breaking news. Like don't turn that part of your brain off. You should do a take of it where you're making the face the whole time while oh, you're trying man. to sing. That's oh my gosh, so you're so funny. right. That's so funny. That has, that has yeah. to be a stretch goal. YouTube a YouTube exclusive where you just perform the song while doing the face that and has see, to be if a stretch can, goal. see if you can get uh, yes. Erica Brennan and. Trapped, I'll be in the back, like doing. That would be really, really cool. Oh my yeah. god, that'd be so dumb. If you could just edit uh, mine and Jeremy's head to like bob along in the, the, <laughs> yeah. the video, so we're like, bouncing well. on the words. We, we're that would be kind of cool. Like, yeah, just both of our faces just going. 
just bouncing yeah. on the words uh, to the song is like yes. the sing-along thing. Amazing. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. Uh, we'll yes. play, uh, uh, you've given us permission to play one of the songs at the end of the show, which yeah, is very, very exciting. Fully produced. This song is definitely going on the album and you can get a good taste of oh, so what good. the final productions are going to sound like. Yes. Uh, so that'll be at the end of this. So please make sure you stick around for that. Cool. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to ask you quickly, uh, uh, we've mm-hmm. two quick things before we kind of wrap this up, which is first of all, just, uh, 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 is there anything that you are... Is there anything particularly exciting to you about the project? Like, what's like the one thing about this Kickstarter that you're like, I'm just so excited for people to hear this or, or whatever yeah. it may be? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say two things. The first one I'll, I'll talk about is the songs. The second one is about the promotion itself. Mm. So, the first one about the songs is it's called Behold Her Dreams because uh, that's a cool name, but also Ooh. I came up Agreed. with it first. Um, because of the, if you, uh, this is the podcast to tell people. Um, sometimes I just hide it because it's like, well, this is getting a little bit too deep in the weeds. But uh, the way that a beholder makes babies is they dream. Mm. And so a beholder, as you know, is this eye stocky monster kind of guy. And he, when he, whenever he dreams, uh, his dreams become real. And it's normally some, amalgamation or monstrosity that just comes out of his brain. Right. Mm. And that's, that's Canon. And if, uh, so if a beholder is dreaming about, let's say a different monster, like a dragon, Mm. now you've got this weird aberration monstrosity dragon that has come from the beholder's brain into real life. And now it's attacking you. Mm. And I liked that metaphor of like, well, I've been in lockdown and boy, has my brain produced some weird stuff. Yeah. So it's it's that. It's like, well, my brain is weird, and here's the amalgamations that have come out of it. So there are some definite like nods to D and D culture and that kind of thing. And then there are just some that are cute love songs, or I've got a creepy lullaby on there that to me, uh, it's it's from a pilot that I'm writing. It's a fantasy pilot, and it's the recurring song throughout that has a lot of meaning and also a lot of danger and it's just like well it's the album is just so much like fuck you i'm doing what i want um (laughs) like like if people want a new D &D album i I, i'm just not yeah i'm doing my own thing and so definitely behold her dreams like i'm taking creative control and saying this is the the stuff that i want you to hear um so uh, shut up and listen (laughs) Um, but uh it's more it's more that than so anyway so that that excites me because i've never taken that much control over a creative project and I know I'm, I'm saying it very like fuck you but it's more sometimes I have to get to that place to to actually yeah. give myself permission <laughs> yes 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 yeah I get that I definitely get that and then right there with you yeah, I, okay. I think it's it's a, it's such a fascinating pro- process, right? Of like not doing something for doing something for yourself rather than for someone else. And I think that like yeah, when you, I think if you start it, off yes. in a creative, that's industry, a nicer way of saying it. <laughs> no, 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 but like I think no, but I think it is true though. You do have to get to a point of like, well, fuck if fuck everyone else if they don't like it. Do you know what I mean? Because I yeah. have to do this for yeah. me. Yeah. And I have to do it my way. Because if I do it that way, then at least I know it'll be authentic. And then therefore, like that's the best I can do. Do you know what I mean? And if people don't right. like it, then it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Because I did the best that I could do, etc. Etc. So, so I think you're absolutely right to say, "Well, fuck you." If I you think like I it, need to. I think I need to filter some of my thoughts through Jasper because <laughs> they come out very, sometimes very like angry and rageful. And really, all I'm trying to say if is, you, if you hey, want me to I'm be your anti, <laughs> if you want me to be your anti-anger translator.
translator, like in the yes. game yes. sketches, I'm more than I'm more than happy to just go around with you and just to yes. say like the really polite, pleasant version of what you just said. Like that's absolutely yeah. fine. We can do that. Okay, cool. Thank um, you. But no, but I think absolutely though. What I'm saying is though, absolutely, I think it is. It's a very brave thing to do, and something that I don't know if I'm yet ready to do. Like it's a very like. Um, well, hint, Jasper. I don't think I'm ready to do it either. But but you're doing point, it, and that's the point. I am doing well, it. I think yeah, I'm I would say you're ready because ready. you are doing it. Right. That was right. Because right. I think that, like, I think for me, when it comes to working creatively, if I'm not like a hundred percent in something or sure of it, then I can't do mm-hmm. it. Right. So like, I feel like the fact that you're actually able to write songs for this shows that mm. you probably are ready to do it. Because I think if you weren't ready to do it, then I think you would, you'd be in that place of like, ah, oh, fuck it, like mental block and like, are they going to yeah. like this? And is this going to come across in the right way? Or is this, do you know what I mean? And I think that, that if yeah. you don't have that, then I think that you're ready. So you I did hire a Kickstarter coach and half of their job is to um, tell me not to panic quit mm. every week. So mm. Mm. <laughs> the, yeah. the, that's a good. That, I, I'm I'm a big fan of coaches because accountability is uh, key. Yeah. Mm. But uh, the second thing, I, it's very short. The the marketing no, no, and promo. No. I I commissioned someone to build, design, and build a gown for me, and then I commissioned someone to take pictures of me in that gown and create works of art. So the promo is going to be this um, this like culmination of a, just a different type of art that I directed and chose and like came from my brain. So it's mm. me as a wizard. Lady, what I'm calling it is a wizard princess, shaman, fairy, forest creature, and in the forest, and every image is just some some yeah, what it's a yeah a picture of like Galinda the Green, Galinda the Green <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I, uh, just to shout them out, they're at Chad Hatter on Instagram and at an Ethereal Fire on Instagram. Those are the two artists. Uh, that helped make my brain, my dreams uh, come to life. Yay, that's so nice. Uh, so, uh, Amy, we have arrived towards the end of the interview, and this means there is only one question remaining. Uh, we always we have a bit of a running tradition on Three Black Halflings, which is we ask all of our guests for a tale from the table. Uh, so this can <gasps> be like a... And usually it's something like completely off-the-wall, wild, bonkers, but it can be something super heartfelt. We've had... the whole, We've run the whole gamut of different kinds yeah, of stories. Whole emotion, the whole table. range of human emotions are all yes. acceptable. Okay. Uh, so and do I am as the dungeon master or as a player? Absolutely, or whatever. Just like anything prefer. that jumps to your mind where you go, "Wow, that moment was like a truly just what the f- moment," or like you know, or was amazing, or was emotional, whatever. Oh it is. yeah, I. Does it have to be Dungeons and Dragons or any role playing? Any role playing. Any role yeah. playing. Okay. If, if, you, if you were at a table or on a Zoom, kind of virtually at a table, it counts. <laughs> uh, okay, I. This is from uh, a game. The first thing that came to mind was a game that I played on Saving Through a Show, and it it's uh, it was never it was a show called Never Tell Me the Odds, and it was a Star Wars role playing game from Fantasy Flight. The dungeon master's name is David Crennan, and he is one of the all time best dungeon masters I've ever played with. So the story of the of this campaign, we had played one campaign where we were all the rebel the Rebel Alliance, and I, I played this diplomat character who was secretly married to um, an empirical officer. And we go through that campaign. And by the end of it, we get captured by the Empire. Then 
then he's like, okay, well, since y'all are all ca- captured, let's spin this on its head and do a different campaign, the rescue mission. And so you got to cool. get, get all the rescue people. And he was like, and Amy, I think it would be cool if you played the empirical officer married secretly married to your rebel Whoa. alliance character and, wow, and that's so, so cool that already was like such a good choice that i attribute totally to him but uh this is where it goes a little south so we go through <laughs> episode upon episode upon episode of this and it's so great i love my character and I had mentioned that whatever the next campaign was, I was getting a little busy and and, and might need to take the next campaign off. In fact, I was going to take the next campaign off. Great. He was like, so where do you see this character going? And I was like, honestly, I I just want a a cool climax for this couple. Um, And that's it. Uh, Mm. So that's, I, I just hope there's some level of ending for this couple. Fast forward to the final episode and we're, we know it's the finale. And, with without a role or anything and and without making too much of it uh, a character just slices the guy in half that i'm playing and there's no role and it was kind of one of those oh, no. like and it was on camera and what? somewhere you can see within about 20 seconds i go through every stage of grief (laughs) and it's like it's like denial it's like um laughing because it laughing because of denial it's rage it's like how dare you um and then and and disbelief and and like all i don't know all of the but i'm crying like it's just like no 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 and it was so it was so what i'll say about this is another reason why i like words verbs can be they can be too short you know mm, like mm. someone dies and you're like that's too short of a way to, to say mm. what death really is like so that's how i felt and it inspired what? the song um the worst of the terrible things it, on songs in the key of D and it's like going through all the things in the world that are terrible and then the worst of the terrible things is watching your character die and it, it oh. it's just so real yeah so wow well, i got the ending that this? i asked oh it never tell me the odds it's on saving throw show god i don't know even what you would look for never tell me I found, the I odds found, i found uh the i guess there's eight episodes that i can see and episode eight is the series finale but i don't know this is insane. Um, maybe it's episode eight, the series finale. Wow. I, yeah, I didn't, I'm trying I didn't to look up. That's yeah. Wow, that's so intense. Yeah. Was it like a narrative thing? So like the DM did this? Like yes, at the end it was of the, definitely narrative. Was it I, I don't fault him at all. It was definitely before the end of the episode. Um, but no, I'd say it was at the end of the episode, and it was it was just surprising, you know, because I mm. I had asked for an ending, you know, and and at and then he was like, God, he felt bad because I was having this emotional reaction. And he was like, maybe I should take it back. And it was like, you, you fucking can't. Like, yeah, yeah, I, it's done. I can't, you can't. Yeah, yeah. it's done. <laughs> it's done. And it was, but it was, I, 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 I really applaud him. Like, that was such a ballsy move. Um, and I, I got the ending that I wanted. I don't know. It, it, there's no problem here. It just was so Whoa. emotional. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and wow. unexpected. And une- I think that that made it 
yeah, that definitely contributed to my emotion. It was just like, what? And I didn't have time to process it. And it was on like live TV. So you don't know you're like trying to perform. And yeah, same thing as you guys experienced in your show. <laughs> like, I have to be sad right now. But also, yeah. this is funny. But it was the opposite. It was like, I have to perform right now. But also, I'm crushed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I haven't had a, I haven't had one of my characters die yet. And I am. I am genuinely nervous for the day because I, I know I'm going to be a mess. <laughs> like, I'm going to be so yeah. unnecessarily upset. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, thankfully, I've never... I don't think... the the. I mean, we did, like, a one-shot thing with Jasper. With oh, Jasper yeah. one time. It's like a oh, test yeah. thing. But I think at that mm-hmm. point, when it was a TPK, but everybody was in favor of the TPK. Yeah, yeah. I think we were going to make it a TPK, but we were like, no, do it. <laughs> no, just do it. Do it. Um, but yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's that got to be rough. That's wow. a, so did yeah. they... they uh, did they even get to see each other again? Did the couple... So, yeah, they, we had some... You know, I, I joined back with the team, and at some point, it wasn't... I didn't play... Maybe I played as the, the first character. It, regardless, um, we saw them in a constellation, actually. Like, they had... Oh, wow. You know, you know it's Star Wars, and it's sci-fi and all of this, but he yeah. added this extra fantasy level that, that maybe they had... Their love had transcended, and, you know... Whoa. Uh, so so the, the, the wife had died as well? Was it the what? Both of them you know, had died. I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Everything's overshadowed by the first death. But uh, I yeah. think I think that was the the implication was that wow, that, yeah, she well, died. That's really as sweet well. though. That they're, yeah. That they're, yeah, in a constellation together. I, I, yeah, I, I think that was my co- my consolation prize. Yes. Constellation, consolation, yeah. <laughs> constellation, constellation. That's, that's great. I love as well the fact that you've just played so many like online games and whatever. That it's just like I'll be honest, I don't know. Like, there's a lot. There's been a lot. Which so, constellation was it? Is my question. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah so exactly. many constellations. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because you have you know you've done absolutely a tremendous amount of things. It's it's amazing. Um, uh, so yeah, thank you so much for for coming on the show. This has been such a blast. I'm really uh, excited. I think by now uh, the Kickstarter will be out by the time we release this. If mm-hmm. uh, scheduling stays as it is currently is planned to be. Um, yeah. So please tell everyone where they can find the Kickstarter, where they can find more of you. Uh, awesome. And yeah, just plug your plug of stuff or anything else as well that you want to plug. Just feel free it's really just that at the moment so at at vorpal sword is my handle on twitter and instagram uh my pinned tweet is the kickstarter and my uh, link in bio is also the kickstarter and then if you want two free songs from songs in the key of dnd you can actually subscribe to my newsletter and that's at amyvorpal.com and i will definitely be updating uh the newsletter folks on the kickstarter as well Amazing. It's so exciting. Uh, Very, very excited for this creative journey that you're on. I'm uh, I think it's gonna be amazing and I'm I'm so excited to see it come to come to fruition. And uh, thank you for coming on and talking to us about it. Because this is uh, is awesome. And it's so do I need to to assign Jeremy a a name? Oh, you you can can, do it on or off air. Yeah, you can do it on air. I'm gonna do it on air because I have a good idea. Um, Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to say this, this kind of goes along. I think you have to do a quotes in the middle. Mm. So it's Jeremy Cobb, but it's Jeremy feed him Cobb. 
And that's in honor of your, if you feed him, you can have him. Or if you can hey, feed him, you can have him. Hey, <laughs> yes. Awesome. You have to say in a French accent, if and you can it, feed him. If you can feed him. Yeah, feed hot. him. You, you can, can have take him. him. Take him back to England take with him. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That might be one of my favorites. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to laugh because I will forget. By the time we have our next guest on, I'll have fully forgotten. And that is going to break me all over again. <laughs> feed him. Yeah. So, uh, feed him. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. But, but yeah, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure thank to you. talk to you. Like I said, we were such big fans of yours. Um, but before getting to ha- get to chat to you, and uh, and if you're working, so hopefully you know there'll be a point down the line where we can d- play some D and D together or something. I'm sure that. Yeah. Or you can do the doo-wop song on my album. Yes. Honestly, we're ready. Give us a call. We are. I've just got to write it. We're just We're commissioning the leisure suits now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I, I will put the money in to make sure we hit that stretch goal. <laughs> like, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Fantastic. Um, absolutely incredible. Uh, so thank you so much, Amy. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode of Three Black Halflings, you can find us at TV Halflings. We also have a Patreon where we do bonus episodes. Uh, we'll be doing little campfire chats uh, about the new season of Outlaws and Obelisks. So join us for those. Um, and uh, yeah, generally you can keep up with our shenanigans. Don't forget, if you enjoy the show, please feel free to drop a review uh, down below. It helps us find new peoples uh, to enjoy the show. But now, instead of throwing to the end of the episode as I would normally do, I'm going to ask Amy to take it away because we're going to play Amy's song for all of you listening right now. So long, Shire Folk! So long, Shire Folk! You're sitting in your gaming shop
first But just remember You weren't coerced And I won't let you go So I guess you've got to trust That my weird heart has enough Love for both of That was a HeadGum Podcast.